Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. In the still quiet of dawn, March 13, 1933, an apparent vigorous redwood suddenly toppled to its demise, crumbling with a shattering clamor in a California forest. It ended 12 centuries of life, which was but an adolescent for a redwood that among its species lived for several millennia. Sections of the tree were preserved and scanned by through the science of dendrochronology, a study of tree rings. This opened up the autobiography of the tree's past. At some point during the Dark Ages, it had seen a massive earthquake. It had fought off the effects of that awesome destruction. Sometime during the Renaissance, a fungus had attacked the tree, and the tree for a long period of time fought the effects of that sickness. Sometime during the pilgrims and the colonization of the eastern seaboard, lightning struck the tree. But again, it fought off the ill effects. The rings revealed growth trends within the tree. In one period of growth, the tree suffered through what must have been times of drought and storm and stress. In an entire century of growth, it had only achieved eight inches of growth in its width. In another century, it achieved 36 inches of growth in its width. There were times of great stress and storms written in the past history of the tree rings. In some centuries, there were no crises, no problems. The tree rings revealed that the tree had suffered nine major forest fires in eight different centuries. It experienced seven floods in its lifetime, but in 1820, a campfire burned through the forest. It reached this tree and burned a 13-foot scar on the north side of it. Seems inconsequential when you're talking about a tree that stood over 300 feet tall and weighed over 500 tons, but the supporting roots on the north side of the tree were heavily damaged by that fire. And for over a century, the tree fought the effects of that wound, a wound that would never heal, a wound that eventually caused the tree to fall. I believe that each of us has demarcations in our souls, just like the tree has its rings. These demarcations tell of times of growth and stagnation, of dark days and bright days. Our lives tell a story. We are an epistle known and read of all men. The 92nd Psalm tells us that the righteous flourish like a palm tree. We also grow like a cedar in Lebanon. From sandy coastlines to rocky hillsides, we are at home in the elements. Why? Because if we are planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says we shall flourish in the courts of our God. Whenever we are in the presence of God, any place can be a source of flourishing any season, any time. We are depicted as trees planted by the waters of life. We flourish, we do not wither, we stand, we do not fall. But sometimes our trees, our lives need some help. 
They need an outside intervention. They need the help of the Almighty God. Hello, this is Ken Gurley, and on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about restoration, how God takes things in our life and transforms them into His beauty. Through His mighty grace, He is at work in our lives. And today we're going to see this in this cedar tree mentioned in Scripture. All trees are not created equal. God uses the cedar to describe you and me. First of all, it has depth. Unlike other trees, the cedar of Lebanon has exceedingly deep roots. They grew to 100 to 130 feet in height, and in proportion to its heights were the depths of its roots. Hosea said the godly will cast his roots as the cedars of Lebanon, that you and I should have deep roots. Do you remember the parable of the sower in the four soils in Matthew 13? It spoke about the seed that landed in the stony place. But this was like the person that has no deep roots. They endure a little while. But when tribulation, persecution arise, then soon they're offended. They don't have depth in their lives. The Bible speaks of a growing, overcoming child of God as being rooted and grounded in the love of the Lord. That's Ephesians 3. We need to be rooted in his love. We also, Colossians 2, need to be rooted in faith as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. I remember one of the first messages I gave as a pastor of the church, I was a new pastor, one of my first messages I called windmills and tumbleweeds. Both of these respond to the wind. There are windmills in Holland that are hundreds of years old, still working, still flourishing. They reach out, extend their sails, and they respond to the wind in a meaningful way. But tumbleweeds not so meaningful. Their life expectancy is only about a year because there are no deep roots. They are carried about figuratively by every wind of doctrine. You and I need to get rooted in the faith. In Adam, we have no sure rooting, but in the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand firm. And that's the power of the cedar tree, deep roots. Also, There is power in its resistance. The Bible says we will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The wood of the cedar is precious. It's used to make chests and closet. It resists decay. Its resistance caused home builders to use it as fascia to withstand the elements. And so it is with the child of God. The godly resist the world. Seven times in 1 John, the author describes those who are born of God, that they overcome the world. They resist the world. God put a fighting spirit within you. You're able to bounce back, fight back against this world system. James said in chapter four, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, he will flee. I remember a series taught a while back. It was called Inward Bracing for Outward Pressure. And it spoke of how Solomon's temple and David's house 
were built with cedars and how the inside had to be stronger than the pressures on the outside. We need that resistance, don't we? We need depth and we need resistance. We need some grit and resilience in our age. When foresters plant new trees, they don't go to a field that has never been planted with trees. They will place the tender plants in an area where trees have once stood. They have grown before they've been harvested. Why do they do that? To give the new trees a head start. The soil is looser. Furthermore, the deeper the roots travel, there will be some old root channels from previous trees. New roots are sent into the old channels. We've known this for a long time. But if you want to learn to pray, the best way is to find someone who knows how to pray and pray with them. I dedicated the book on prayer to my maternal grandmother, Audrey Simmons, and to my wife's maternal grandmother, Woody Thompson. These were incredible praying women. Sister Thompson knew how to pray. She taught others how to pray, not from behind the pulpit, but on her knees, not in front of all, but in the corners of prayer rooms and churches. New roots need to be placed in old channels and they will find exceedingly great growth. God wants to give you strength during this season. Whatever the rings of your life are indicating, whatever storms and trials have come against you, God wants to give you the resilience, the strength, the depth, and the fruition to put some roots down in old channels. Do you remember when Balaam was hired to curse God's people? Every time he tried to curse them, he ended up blessing them. One of those blessings, he said, is in Numbers 24. How good are thy tents, O Jacob? O Israel, your tabernacles. As the valleys, they are spread forth as the garden by the riverside, as the trees of aloe which the Lord's planted, and as the cedar trees beside the waters. Aloe speaks of healing. Cedar speaks of strength. And this is the message of restoration for our day. He wants to heal us. He wants to sustain us as the cedar of Lebanon. I want you to notice in the 92nd Psalm, the entwining of palms and cedars, that we're going to flourish like a palm tree. We're going to grow like a cedar. And then the passage we just discussed, the tree of aloes and the tree of cedars, there is an entwining. And it reminds me of a story, if you would let me close with this today. There was a gentleman who purchased some property on the banks of Lake Michigan. He built a lovely house. He had thinned out some trees to build the house and everything was okay. They lived in the house for several years, but the foliage hindered their view from the house of the lake. They brought somebody out and they said, would you please take away some of these trees in our backyard where we can see the lake? The forester cautioned him and said, you need to be careful about how many trees you thin because each tree needs the neighboring tree. It's very important. But the man insisted he wanted to see the lake. 
When he got up to drink his coffee in the morning, he wanted to look out and see the shimmering waters of Lake Michigan and remind himself why he had paid so much for the property and built that home there. They began to take down the trees one at a time. They took down two many trees. But everything seemed okay in the spring. Everything was okay in the summer and even the fall. But the next winter, the storm winds came, gale force across the lake. And one morning when the man awakened, he was shocked to see most of the trees in his backyard facing the lake were completely down. They had fallen in the midst of the storm. He called the same forester back out there, and the forester said, I I warned you about this. No tree stands alone, but every root is entwined with the neighboring tree. When you sink new roots into old channels, don't you ever forget that there is someone else who fought to dig that channel. And when you sink new roots into old channels, remember that there are neighbors There are people around you. 59 times in the New Testament, we read the phrase, one another. That none of us stands all by ourselves. That we need one another in the kingdom of God. God is in the restoration business. He is giving people deep roots. He's giving them longevity and perseverance and persistence. And he's also giving them an abiding fruitfulness. Because this is how God plants his forest. This is how God works with us. And you are going to make it. And you're going to survive. We'll get through together. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.